Hello. Hi, room one. Oh my gosh, you guys are getting so good. You already changed your names. I love it. Um, I am very excited for room one tonight. Let's get started. Does anybody have anything they would like to be coached on? I will put that out there. And if you want to raise your hand or go into the chat, that would be great. Um, we had a launch for the second quarter and we did have some new people join. And um, so if people don't want to volunteer for coaching, then I can always kind of review the model and do that sort of thing. Or, um, you know, we could have just a discussion. We can do it any which way you guys want. So if anybody has anything they'd like to be coached on today, please go ahead and raise your hand. I will feel compelled to talk. <laughs> so Kelly and I are going through um, our own coaching program. Uh, it's really, really amazing. It's called the reinvention experience. And so we've been kind of working through this whole idea of being like fish in a fishbowl in the ocean. And so we're contained by the fishbowl and we can actually see the ocean and you don't really know that you're not actually in the ocean because the fishbowl is see-through. But then when you go to like swim over there, you like bump up into it. And so we're trying to go through some of these exercises where we try to deconstruct the fishbowl as it were, and then open ourselves up to more possibilities. So hopefully as we grow in this experience, we'll be able to bring these concepts back to you. Um, okay, we don't have any volunteers. Yay, we have a volunteer. Thank you, Rain. Allow to talk. Hi, Rain. Hello. Good evening. Thank you for volunteering, Rain. <laughs> you know, you know how the <laughs> yes. verbal onslaught will continue. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 not at all. Um, I always learn from you. Um I was trying to think of something to coach about. <laughs> hey, um, I did uh, have a situation this week that, um, well, we had a meeting and um, one of the docs that in our department of surgery meeting, um, he announced he was retiring and um, he's very, he's quiet, um, but um, he, he doesn't seem much older than me and it kind of surprised me. And so um I, of course, said congratulations, but um, I touched base with him later, um, and I I just feel like there's a lot of things now that, um, like, burnout is such a problem, and um, I, I just, I don't know that, you know, I just think it's hard for us to know how to keep working towards, um, you know, continuing to take care of patients and and uh, not get distracted by all the politics of the hospital systems. And so I, I don't know, that's, I guess, just more of a remark. Um, but um, I, I went with his information to um, some administrators and said, hey, uh, with his permission. And mm -hmm. um, so I, I just think that that's something we just need to continue to worry about. And I, and I know that that's what coaching helps us with too. So, yeah. so can you give us some clarifying information? So is the, is this person retiring because he's burned out or, or I, yeah, I think it's just enough's enough. And, mm. um, and so I, I feel like that is, that happens a fair amount of time. It's like people work until they just, and we just take it and take it and take it. And then all of a sudden one day we're like, that's enough. <laughs> I'm done. Give you my 90 yeah. days. Right. Right. Um, and then, so how, how can we relate this back to you? Like, are you experiencing some, some um, pain or discomfort from it? Uh, well, I, it just kind of surprised me. And, um, 
uh, yeah, I mean, yes, I just, I, I don't want, I want to have the long length of career that I want to have, um, and not, you know, come to a point where I'm like, okay, that's enough. And there's just so many, I, I do feel like there's frustrations, like, um, there's an equipment issue in the operating room. And I understand that it's very expensive to, to fix that, mm-hmm. to, um, get new equipment, um, like a lot of money and, but it's old. I mean, it's 16 years old and that kind of equipment, like, um, the video screens, we would not like, we wouldn't watch, you know, hockey on that. <laughs> that those are not good quality. And so we're getting, finally, I like raised enough stink for like a couple years that finally it's getting replaced slowly. And then the first day it breaks, <laughs> it doesn't work. It's just like, Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I wonder what kind of is actually going on for you. Like, is, is it like this guy is sort of the straw that broke the camel's back? Like so much is going on. And then now he's announcing he's retired and he's, it sounds like you were describing him as maybe somebody who's burned out. And so it's, it sounds like, I, I don't know. What um, I'm asking kind of, for. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. No, no, that's okay. This is important because this is what is real, right? This is what's yeah. real. And, and this is what will be happening for us when we've got all this junk going on and it kind of feels overwhelming. And, and it's like, right. Oh, cause in your own life, probably you're just like, you're feeling kind of burned out and you're right. like, the stuff needs to be fixed. This can't, this screen is yeah. terrible. I had to work so hard to get this thing and the C-suite doesn't care about anything. And they just want me to do more RVUs. Yes, exactly. Now, here's, here's this dude who's like five minutes older than me, who's just bailing and he's probably burned out. So like, you know, and I heard you say something like, um, you know, you want to have the length of career you want to have without basically tanking. It sounds like you don't just like face plant. Right. Right. Um, and so I, I hear what you're saying and I just wonder if we can, I don't know, make a model and just kind of see, Like, what's the thought with all of that that's bugging you? Like, what's Um, because you started with him retiring and that he was like not very much older than me. I kind of suspect that might be something that bugs you a little bit. Yeah. Um, Yes. I mean, maybe the thought is, man, there is a lot there. This there's a lot more than just doing surgery involved in all of this. (laughs) It's a lot more than just doing our job. And that, that, yes, the, definitely the feeling is overwhelm. Okay. And then when you're feeling overwhelmed as it relates to this particular thing, what do you do? Um, probably like I have a tendency to sit there and fester and mm-hmm. not, not move towards and get upset, which is a feeling or an emotion. It is an emotion, but I'm putting it in the A line because it's like something that you do. It's like you, it almost is like a, uh, like starting your lawnmower. Right. Yes. <laughs> it's like, you're like, now you're upset. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Um, but I'm really interested in the festering because the, what I realized the other day when I was working on some models is the model always will we'll plug in like the, the T that we're, that we're thinking, the one that we think is, you know, the T that's so painful, but there's always something beneath it. There's always some kind of a belief or something that kind of like underlies the model. And it can be challenging to kind of figure out what that belief is. But what I realized the other day is usually what we ruminate about is what the belief is. Mm-hmm. So like when you're festering or like if you're ruminating or having a thought loop, what's coming up for you in your thought loop? Um, I'm like, 
I don't know if I can do this till I'm 65. Yeah, that's what we're getting at. And another thought of it would be like, I want to see what administration does to try to salvage this, you know, this doctor's awesome contribution to taking care of patients and being a good member of the team. So like, what do you mean by that? Well, I'd like them to, to go to him and, and give him some different options. Like, Hey, maybe a sabbatical or can you, Mm. can we move you to a different area? Um, Can we change what you're like? I, I think that that just, we need to, we need our hospital systems to recognize that we're not all that easily replaceable. Yeah. And I I know I'm not going to change that, but. So is it really like, um, so you, so this is important. So you go to admin to try to change things. Yeah. To try to advocate. Is that what he wants? Well, he didn't sound opposed to it. Um, so, so you, the result, well, I, I, I want to know, like, do you think I'm, I'm just trying to see here, like, what's the real, real problem? The, is the real that's can you kind of now that we've got this all written out I don't think I'm next in having this issue but I could be there <laughs> I can see how it happens like I'm yeah. and I'm imagining you want to stay in practice until you're yes right yeah well until I'm ready to be done Yeah. So really it's like seeming like, um, like the whole thing kind of feels heavy, like a big, heavy, wet blanket. Yes, definitely. Um, just in the description of everything. And I just want to make sure I'm getting what you're saying. And I really want for everybody who's listening or going to listen to this to like, really like, understand what the real problem is. And it seems like the focus is on all of the things, (laughs) right? Like all of the things, like the, all the broken equipment and all of the, the external demands, like, like, just like the original thought you said is like, there's a lot more going on here than just doing our job. And oh, by the way, now this guy's like burned out and he's, he's bailing. And what if I'm next? And I don't know if I can do this and I'm going to go to administration and try to change things. And it's just like the snowball. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Does, does that seem accurate? Yeah. And, and then the result is that, that when I go to administration, then I'm like a, a problem you know, Interesting. they, I get the label of man can't make her happy. Did they, did somebody say that? No, but that's probably another thought that I'm having. So a separate model, <laughs> right? Well, that just gives us more proof that this thing is snowballing. It like literally becomes a lot more. Mm, yes. Okay. That's what we want to get to. which of course is overwhelming and super draining and is going to contribute to burnout. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> That's really fascinating. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to try to talk you out of that because there probably are things that need to be changed. And there probably are things that could make the whole thing better. And that's how it is for everybody everywhere. So I think the topic is super relevant right now. 
but how can we help you now? Like what would help you in this moment in your experience of everything? Well, I need you to like, what would help you to become fireproof as it were to burn out? Right. I think part of it is just uh, working to change my thought about it. And that may, instead of being like, oh man, what's going on with this, with this other doc, Mm -hmm. um, maybe my thoughts and, and I tried to think this way, but I, you know, (laughs) maybe I, my thought is, oh, wow, this is super exciting. He's getting to go to the next part of his life. Mm -hmm. How brave. Yeah. How brave he is making a change. And I don't know if I could be that brave. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly like a lot of different ways to think about it. And I totally understand why your brain went this direction. Of course it did because our brains want there to be a crisis. Like our brains want there to be something bad happening. Mm -hmm. We're looking out for it. Like that's how, that's how we interpret it. Um, but the, the, but the real fact is we don't, we don't know probably all the details about this guy's life and there are a million different ways you could think about it. Yeah. So the partner, so let's then make an intentional. Um, if you could think or feel any way, what would you want? Mm. mm, About his, I I think I would like to feel like excite more excitement for him, that he's making a change. And how would you like to feel for you? uh, Like we really don't care about him. Right. (laughs) Like we do, but we don't. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what are Um, you making it mean? this is the best question. Like, what are you making it mean about you? The first one. Okay. Let me go back. He's retiring. What are you making it mean about you in your life? It sounds like to me, you're making it mean like, God, like there's no, there's no exit from this burnout. It's inevitable. Yeah. I don't want to put words into your mouth, but that's kind of the sense. Yeah. Like this is a crisis. Everything is going to hell in a handbasket. And I'm for sure going to face plant if we don't figure this out. Right. Which is really unpleasant, but I, you know, I get why you do that. Like everybody does. So that's normal, but that's why I'm like, okay, what are you making it mean about you and your situation? So we know We'll keep to see the same. And what do you want to make it mean about you and your situation? Well, I would like my thought to be like, to feel well, the thought, mm, just that I feel better about the situation. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I... Like, I just uh, think things are not maybe as bad as what they're seeming. And we are, we just, we are starting, starting at the new equipment, but it's, it's eventually going to work. And it's a good thing that I should feel proud of myself for raising such a stink that we finally get it. (laughs) Yeah. So that's really interesting that you said that because it's true and what that indicates to me is, is that, you know what, you know, I'm still going strong or like, um, I still got skin in this game. Like Mm -hmm. I'm doing what I can do. I'm trying to work on the things I can work on. I'm trying to control the things I can control. Like that's such a more powerful position to be in than, Um, then like, there's a lot here and like, it's all going to be terrible. So 
really in any situation that seems overwhelming, that's a really great place to start is like, okay, what is going on here that I actually can control? And just knowing what those things are. And it sounds like you do because you've done it. Like you've gone, you've made complaints, you've advocated, you've gotten some equipment. Mm -hmm. So maybe like, it's not probably the best thought, but maybe a bridge type thought is it's not so bad. (laughs) The job is not so bad. Right. Because is it bad for you? It's fine. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But everything's fine. Yeah. That's. Is it? Oh my gosh. I feel like we're missing something. No, it's important though, because I don't want to just like try to put a band aid on the other situation by getting a new thought, but really right. realize where your power lives in yeah. the situation. Maybe yeah. something. And let me just offer this, like maybe something okay. along the lines of like, yeah, he's retiring, but I'm just going to keep working on the things I can control. Yeah. I can only do what I can do. Yeah. And even more than that, like I do do what I can do. It sounds like, yes. You do. Yeah, I definitely. I'm not one to sit back. When you think that thought, I do what I can do, how does that feel? It makes me, uh, I'm proud of myself. Mm -hmm. Like I'm doing the best I can. Right. And when you feel proud, then what actions come out of being proud? Um, I keep, I keep doing what I need to do to advocate and. And take care of yourself. Yeah. And the result is that I'm aware of what's going on and yeah, I can make better decisions that way. Be, whoops, not beware, be aware, <laughs> um, make better decisions. I love this because this is such a more powerful place. Like, we still know that, like, everything's a shit show, but there's stuff that you can do within it. Yes. And if you want to do it and you want to be there and you're not ready to retire and you, and you have like a feeling of proud and you can stay energized for it, then you just keep doing what you can do. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy you shared this because I think this is super important and probably something a lot of people are experiencing right now when they just are struggling to go to work every day. Um, Just feeling so burdened by all the stuff that is wrong. Mm -hmm. But when we shift to all the things that like actually matter that we can control or that we can contribute to in some meaningful way, even if stuff remains wrong, it gives us some sort of sense of purpose in it or some sort of Mm -hmm. agency or power in it. And maybe things get better and maybe they don't, but at least your experience of it is going to be better. Definitely. Um, So I've been doing some more kind of investigation about burnout lately and just really kind of like coming to the conclusion that it's this energy situation, you know, like when we are, losing our energy in physical energy, cognitive energy, emotional energy, spiritual energy. And when all those tanks are empty, that's the burnout Mm -hmm. that we all talk about. And so work is only one part of that, but it just seems to dominate our lives and dominate our brains really. And um, if there's a way that you can put energy into the tank, in any of those ways. I think this is a really good example of how being in the first model where you're, um, like living with overwhelm and then like with these actions where you're festering and like, you know, kind of questioning things. And it seems like just like, like, um, 
I'm trying to describe this in a way that I hope makes sense. It's almost just like uncomfortable. Fr- yeah. It's like uncomfortable or, or frenzied or, or inefficient. It's like discharging energy. It's like being busy without getting anything done. Yes. You know, yes. but, but when you are coming from a place of more power and agency, then you feel differently. And that fuel is actually really energizing fuel rather than depleting fuel, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that in and of itself can help combat burnout. Definitely. Yeah. We just have to rinse and repeat that. Um, so was there anything else that you would like to add rain? And I did a lot of talking there. And so I just want to make sure that I'm not putting words in your mouth and really want you to, um, add or clarify if I got it wrong for sure. No, Um, that's, it's definitely what I've been thinking about. And mm -hmm. I know it was a a hard one because it involved others and (laughs) no, but that that's okay because that's what life is. And I feel like you know, that was the first thing that you said. So that tells me that that was the triggering event, right? Like he's, he's announcing his retirement and then, and then everything kind of snowballs after that. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's good. This is a great example because if we're all going to be practicing these techniques in our daily lives, it's really important to see how they play out in real life. Um, awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. So I will, um, disable talking. Great. We have, we have time. So does anybody else have anything else they would like to talk about? I'm just going to rename some folks here. Um, okay, guys, anything else coming up? That was a good one. We had, oh, yay, Sam is raising her hand. Just a second, Sam, let me flip this over. Okay, so Sand is volunteering, and then we have somebody else who has something not work-related, which is totally fine, because all these techniques work on all problems. Okay. Hi, Sand. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Um, I actually, I guess, just had a general question um, Mm -hmm. regarding coaching, and I guess not like how are you supposed to feel, but I've been doing the group coaching for about three months now and I found it very helpful. So I thank you and Kelly for making this something accessible to us. Um, and I've had been active in some of the more recent coaching sessions and this week more snow was added to my snowball and (laughs) I was really proud of how I like initially reacted to some of the stuff. Like my, my thought was literally OF, like again, just like OF. And then I just kind of went about my day. Mm -hmm. Um, I've like made this running sitcom in my head about my practice, um, because it's just so ridiculous. And I think if it was a TV show, it'd be funny. So I'm like, Oh, like what a great way to cope. And so earlier this week, I said, this is so awesome. Like, I, you know, I I feel like everything's working. It's making sense. My brain's kind of changing. Mm -hmm. And then yesterday, I was so frustrated. I was actually crying in my office and clinic. Um, Mm -hmm. Luckily, I stopped right before when the MAs came. And I don't do that. You know, that's not me, you know, crying at work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm just, I know everyone's sort of different, but I mean, I, I don't know if it's like I'm just too so far like too new to this where my brain is just sweeping it under the rug and I'm dealing with it later or am I actually like learning how to deal with it using the things that we've um, learned. So I guess it's like a very circuitous question, That's, but I don't know if something like that is normal or if there is a normal. Yes, this is totally normal and I'm very glad you brought it up. Because we spend so much of our lives 
compartmentalized and kind of in our heads and cerebral. And then when you start to do these techniques and you start to gain awareness and you start to practice and you start to realize like you have, um, this ability to build in like a little bit of time between stimulus and response. And you definitely are changing your neural pathways. And the other thing that's happening is people get used, like they, they start to open up to feeling emotions, which is awesome. It's like the Teflon. Once you can feel emotions and, and you're not trying to run away from them, it's, I mean, game on after that. And so it is really, really common to then have these times where you feel like you're like out of control. This happened to me actually, but it happened to me with rage. I went through a period of time where I was like, what the fuck? I was so pissed. I was just enraged all the time. And what I realized was, is I just never allowed myself to feel that way. I just never, it just wasn't something that I could do. I I don't think I was capable of it. And then after doing this work for a while, I was finding myself like losing it, really, truly losing it. And I thought, wow. And I think it's really normal. And so you start to get all this awareness and you're doing these practices and you're using them in real time, but you're still a human. And so that you're going to have these times where you're just going to like, maybe not feel as good or where, you know, you're not so quick to jump and try to solve the problem with the model, or you won't feel like having the sitcom going in your head, or you might just want to cry or whatever, but it's all normal. And, and I think it just shows an evolution. That's how I take it. So keep up the good work. Okay. Thank you. That's good (laughs) to know. So I was like, wait, I hope I'm doing everything they're telling us correctly. And I'm not just like, sweeping things under the rug. Um, but if that's kind of the response that people have, then yeah, good to know. I just prefer not to cry in clinics. So hopefully that part won't happen again. Yeah. I mean, do you want to do a model on that? Um, because, because, you know, why would you think you're sweeping something under the rug? Um, you know, on Monday, so we had, a, you know, one of the senior surgeons, his daughter came on as a medical assistant and she is just like terrible. And there was like family drama in the hallway. And I just thought it was like so hilarious. I was like sitting in my office laughing. So it was so absurd. So instead of thinking, oh, great, we lost another medical assistant. Um, we're going to be sure because we are terribly short staffed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just thought like, wow, this is so ridiculous. Like I should eat popcorn and watch like father and daughter scream at each other in the hallway in front of patients. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then that was my thought of like, this is entertaining. But then that same day, my, my own medical system is pretty bad. And I've been saying for months about that and no one's done anything about it. Um, you know, I was just basically uncovered in clinic. We had five MAs covering one surgeon and no one was covering me which then leads to my clinic literally being two to three hours backed up. I'm there after hours away after everyone else charting. And then, you know, I was so frustrated by that. The fact that I'm trying to, you know, accommodate, trying to understand that we are short staff, the whole country is. um, But yet all the staff is going to one doctor and kind of leaving me that the next day, I think I just felt so frustrated. That's taking so much time on my end. And I no longer found it amusing that like, you know, there was father daughter drama. It was more, well, okay, look, we're like even more short staff than we were before. And I'm like taking the brunt of it as the junior person. So I heard you say you were frustrated. So I put that as a feeling. And then it sounds like the thought was I'm taking the brunt of this. Yeah. And then the action was you cried. Yeah. And then what else? Um, I sent, I tried to be very diplomatic. Um, I sent a ragey text to our practice manager about how she needs to talk to my, my medical assistant and how I've been saying things and no one's doing anything and no one's covering me. And then when we had, we actually had um, a meeting last night with all the doctors And um, I just kind of went off on a rant about him and how I'm not covered 
etc. Okay, and then what do you think the result was? Um, you know, obviously, since I'm new, I'm not trying to like stir up things. Um, I'm not trying to stir up things, but I, I definitely feel like I probably displayed that I was very angry and I'm trying not to do that. Yeah. I don't think that's a result. I guess that's an action. Um, Um, that's okay. Cause I'm trying to see. I think what I'm hearing now and what I've heard from, you know, when we've chatted in the past, um, just in the past few times that you've been on, there's like this, this recurring theme of you not feeling valued by these people. Yeah. So I'm like, what I was trying to get at with the first model we were doing is like, there's always something underneath that, that thought. It's like, I'm taking the brunt of this, but really what you're making this mean is they don't value me. Do you think that's true? Do you think that's like, like why, like what makes it so upsetting? Um, I mean, it's stuff that I've talked about on here before, right? They didn't submit my paperwork on time, so I can't take the boards. They don't give me OR time in our surgery center, so I can't bring any revenue there, which then like determines my compensation for the next year. I've actually lost patients because my scheduler cannot figure out where to fit them in because no one's giving me any time. Um, Last night when I mentioned that five MAs went to one surgeon and left me. That surgeon said, well, I run three hours behind too. It's not just you. And I'm thinking to myself, like you run three hours behind because you show up too late, two hours late to clinic and, you know, and everyone has to flock to your clinic to make it up. So, um, when I bring up these issues, I'm like very often dismissed of, Oh, it happens to everybody. Yeah. So, but circling back to this one, Like if you're thinking like, I'm taking the brunt of this, you're frustrated, you cry, you try to be diplomatic, but send a ragey text, go off on a rant, display anger. I mean, sometimes this isn't like this big light bulb moment here, but rather it's just sort of telling you the anatomy of the reality, which is you're taking the brunt of this. And at least like, in this model, like you're, that's what you're going to see. And maybe that's what it is. Like, just because we're doing the model doesn't mean that we need to like change it or try to, like I said, in the first one, like put a bandaid on it. It sounds like this sucks. And it sounds like it's normal to be frustrated. And then it would be normal to cry and like be ragey and angry you know, like when shitty things happen, it's normal to feel shitty and we don't like really need to not feel shitty about it. Yeah, I guess I'm very concerned because I was crying at work. Like that's how mm-hmm. emotional I was. And I, yeah. first of all, I don't think that's professional. And two, I'm very glad nobody saw that. Um, Cause you know, I certainly don't want to be like the crying <laughs> female surgeon. Um, but I think that's what concern me is okay it's like you know the same issues kind of over and over in one form or another and then for a few days I'm like oh there's more shit haha or like whatever I'm just dealing with it and then all of a sudden it's oh well now I'm in the office crying because I'm actually super pissed off yeah and I don't think there's anything wrong with that I mean you may not like to be crying in your office I get that but I really don't think like so what I think this is evidence that you're not sweeping anything under the rug and you're just totally evolving. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Because like I said, I found this all to be very helpful. So I was just very surprised at my reaction yesterday. I was like, oh, this is not what I was expecting after like three months of doing this. Yeah. I mean, and I think here we can just really like give yourself a break and it's like, well, yeah, of course, of course I'm frustrated. Like you don't have to heap any judgment on yourself for it. Like, of course you're frustrated. Anybody would be. Right. I think that's it. So you just kind of take it for face value, kind of 
just to sort of accept that and then just like move on to the next thing. Right. So when it becomes painful is when we're like, just constantly like, why did I cry at work? This is, you know, like I shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, like when you start to judge yourself and then have a bunch of beat, like if you start beating yourself up over it, that's when it becomes a problem. But from what I gathered, you're just basically there. You're, you're trying to make the the most out of a situation with what you have. You're already, Mm -hmm. you've already described these things that you're doing with like the ER doctors and other people in the community. And you're doing what you can do to build your practice. And you're like, you're just kind of like the first person that talked, like you're just doing what you can do. You're trying to work with, within the things that you can actually control. And then sometimes when stuff gets derailed, you know, you're pissed and that's normal. And it's like, you don't have to not be pissed about that. Okay. So I get, this makes sense. So if I like continue to beat myself up and I'm just adding more the brunt to it myself. That's okay. right. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, good job. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Um, I'm going to, um, grass, I'm going to allow you to talk and then let me lower hand. Can you talk grass? Yes. Hello. Hi. Hi. I have a cold, a little bit of cold. Oh, boo. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, actually it's that kind where when you lay down, you can't stop coughing, but then so it's annoying because I didn't sleep last night. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, thanks for thanks for answering. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I um yeah. So this isn't work related. That's um, okay. I just feel like I need to talk about it. So I was like, this would be a, a good forum. Let's do I it. Guess. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it's kind of like a traumatic experience that happened a week ago. Okay. everything's fine, Mm -hmm. but I'm just like still replaying the scenario over and over in my head. Mm -hmm. So what happened, (laughs) long, long story short is that my two-year-old had an asthma attack on a six hour flight. And of course I didn't know he had asthma because he's two. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think that I just keep replaying all of the decisions that I made Mm -hmm. both before, during, and after that. And I just keep re-criticizing and critiquing myself. And I'm just like, so mad at myself for like all the decisions that I made. So. Okay. So your son had the asthma attack on the plane. Is he okay? Yeah, he's okay. But he did have, he was admitted for two days to the hospital in Bogota, Colombia, <laughs> of all places. Wow. Yeah. Um, and the action, you're basically, sounds like you're reliving it. Reliving, you're, you're judging and criticizing the decisions you made? Yes. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, how, what, what feeling is driving that? I guess, um, fear. Yeah. I, of course, I would even say it's probably like terror. Yeah. Or like the worst kind of fear. And then what do you think you're thinking or, or what are you thinking that's creating fear? I mean, I guess, well, the, the thing that I think is like, I'm so selfish. I'm so selfish. How can I bring him on this trip? You know, when I knew he was a little under the weather, um, and like, and I'm thinking like, 
I'm always this way. You know, I'm always like so determined that, you know, I'm like, when I have a, something in mind, I'm so determined that I'm like, nothing stands in my way, you know? And then, and yet, um, I feel like, you know, now I have two babies. Like I, I probably shouldn't be, I should probably be a little more cautious, you know? Um, and of course, like the fear is like, what if you died? Like, what if something horrible happened? What if he coded? What if, you know, like, what if it got really bad? Like worse than it was. And like, I was just, you know, I feel like I was, I really have no idea how bad he was because I didn't have a monitor, you know, in the air. And like, yeah. So this is interesting. First of all, I'm really sorry that you experienced this. I'm very sorry that your son was sick and that, you know, that you guys went through this. Um, and you're right. This is a traumatic experience. And so it may behoove you to actually speak to a trauma therapist. Um, and I can, I can talk to you offline about resources in your area. Um, but I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, because it sounds like what you're going through is post-traumatic stress. A little, like it's not, I'm sleeping, like it's except for my cough, like it's not that bad. Yeah. It's just like, you know, because it's, because everything's okay. And I know that people go through much worse things. Like, um, I guess I just haven't really talked about it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. And when it comes to trauma, like it doesn't really matter what the event is because what it means to that person, just it's, it is what it means. And so like this is, it's, it's not like there's like a rank system that makes one more or less than another, but, um, I just would like to offer that it's obviously normal, right? It's obviously normal to re re kind of question all of this stuff. And I think, of course, you're, you're going to blame yourself. That's what you're doing, right? You're basically saying, this is my fault that this happened because I'm so selfish and I always am so determined. So what you're saying is this is your fault. Yeah. Yeah, of course I feel guilty. (laughs) Right. So I'm sure there's guilt in there and I'm sure you're terrified. And so the question is, is Um, like when things like this happen, I don't think it's going to help us to like, try to jump to an intentional model, but really try to sit here and process this because it was so traumatic. And like, how can you have a better relationship with what happened? Yeah. Like, um, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to. I think it's really, really important to know that it's that the response that you're having is, is not only normal, but it's protective and it's, um, our bodies are wired for it. Our bodies are wired to respond in this way. And so can you tell us, do you feel comfortable telling us a little bit about like what you're feeling in your body? I, I guess I, I don't really, I'm not really feeling it in my body. I wouldn't say like, I think I'm more like just, it's all in my head. <laughs> I think <laughs> the problem is that I, sorry about my cough. I think the problem is that I keep like, um, remembering it maybe worse than it was or catastrophizing like what it could have been or um or I I don't know just feeling to be honest like I I I just have this perpetual um wonder how bad was it how maybe he wasn't that bad maybe he was maybe he's worse than I realized like I don't know just sort of rethinking everything about the whole experience (laughs) you know like, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Um, so I, I, it's not, 
I don't know. I, I, I physically feel like fine. You know, like I don't feel like tense or anything. I, I just keep replaying in, in my head, like mm-hmm. the few moments where he looked really bad. And I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so <laughs> isn't it interesting like like this just happened to happen on an airplane, but even if it happened, like, you know, if you were at the grocery store or it happened, say, when he was at school or like daycare or something. Like, we can never really know how things would turn out in any given situation. We think we, we think things would be better. Like, if you're in the United States and you get medical care in a timely fashion, we think it will be better, but that's not always the case. Yeah. And I, I think, it, I mean, well, <laughs> I, I agree to a point where you can't prevent all unpredictable things, you know, like I told and, and when and where they happen. I agree. I, I, I do agree with that. I do think being on an airplane, <laughs> on, you know, on, on a Spanish speaking airline was like one of the harder places <laughs> to be. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. Like there's no question that like, you know, especially like, being airborne I'm sure added a level of stress to the whole thing um but the the only thing I was trying to suggest is is that like um I know we've all been in situations where like really crazy fluke things happen yeah and they happen under the best of circumstances. Yeah, this, this happened true. to be like the worst of circumstances, and he had a good outcome. Sounds like. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But yeah, you know, all of that is kind of secondary to you having this thought running in your head. You're so selfish. Yeah, I think what you've said already is right, though, in that like. And just saying it out loud is that I didn't cause this, I guess. Like, I've been feeling like I caused this, but I didn't cause it. Um, you didn't cause it. And then the other thing that's really not fair to you is that you want to think, because you're a doctor, you should know better. Oh, that's the other big one. That's the other big one, because I'm the, I should have, I, I, now looking back, I wish I had asked for more help from the flight attendants. But I didn't because I, I didn't, I felt like I was stressed enough already and that I didn't want to add anybody else's questions or I, I was, I, I feel like my, my judgment was poor where I should have told them because they know how to handle in-flight emergencies. And instead I felt like they're only going to make matters. They're not, what are they going to be able to do is what I thought. Um, and so, Yeah. I forget what I was talking about, but, <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah, being a doctor, that was the thing. And that I was, I, I feel like almost like my ego of like being like, I'm, I'm going to know more than anybody else. So why do I, I shouldn't involve anybody else. But I, I, the lesson I learned was like in that crisis, like time, like there are other skills besides just pure medical knowledge that probably that would have come in handy. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, they had offered, for example, to call the, they called them the hospital doctor. I mean, the airport doctor. They were like, do you want us to call the airport doctor? And I was like, no, <laughs> because, you know, when, when we land, because I was like, because it was abundantly clear my child was sick. Um, and I was like, no, I don't want to have to wait for a doctor to show up. Like that's, I was like, they're not going to have medicine. I also didn't know he was having an asthma attack. I'd never seen that before mm-hmm. in my child. And it didn't, he was just coughing and it was febrile. Yeah. So I was like, no, don't call the airport doctor. I don't want to wait for an airport doctor. I just want to get out, get through immigration and get to a hospital. Like that was what I was thinking, mm-hmm. having never been to Bogota and, um, and not knowing what their what the situation was, like in terms of healthcare and all that stuff. And so I wish I had said, so they would have no, so I should have taken their suggestion and recommendation and said, yes, call the airport doctor. Because as a result, my husband and I had to carry our three-year-old and our, and our two-year-old like 75 million miles from the gate to immigration 
with our backpacks and all other crap and they were so heavy and our like my legs were just like my arms were burning and I was like oh my god and then when we get to immigration they're like you can't pass through here with a baby looking like that <laughs> it was like so then they called the airport doctor and what the airport doctor is is actually an EMT and he came to our side immediately and immediately assisted us in all the proper ways and checked his vital signs and got saw his sat was 85 and put oxygen on him and gave him an nebulizer and gave him, you know, and took his temperature and did all the right. And I was like, why didn't I ask for this guy when we were still in the air? God damn it. Like what a bad decision. So you didn't know. I didn't know. You yeah. didn't know. And it's so unfair to you to go back and rehash it. We do this when we have complications too. So this is really relatable to complications. When you, when after the fact you, you rehash it and you think, well, I totally should have done something differently when at the time you didn't know, and you're literally making the best decisions you can for your child. You are making the best decisions that you can at the time with the information you have and you didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I, I didn't know. Oh, so frustrated with myself. I think that's really, um, I mean, I can, I can see why I just would like to offer some comfort in that you love your child. We know you love your child. Yeah. You take great care of your kids. Like you didn't know. Kids get sick all the time. If we, if we put our plans on hold when your baby has a sniffle, like you'd never do anything. I know that's what I, he's been sick 3 million times. 3 million times, right? This has never happened. Why this time? Why this time? You didn't know. You didn't have a crystal ball. And it's just not fair to say that this is all your fault and that you're so selfish and you're always this way because you're so determined and all that other stuff. Like if that were true, then you would have punched the EMT in the face and just would have been like wrestling your way. Like you obviously, once you, you know, it's not like you got in a fight with immigration. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, yeah, just, you're right. It's like complications, like looking retrospectively, you know, like, <laughs> it's so, it, yeah, if only I could, you could journal in real time, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But it's, it's just looking back, you're right. I mean, what, ugh. I think I, sh- I think I should stop blaming myself. I, think so. I do too. <laughs> I totally do. I know you won't, but it takes time. It takes time and that's okay. Right. And that's the other thing I just like to, this will be a good place to end. It's like, we, when we do blame ourselves, it's okay. Like that's okay to do that. And then we can just be like, well, that's what we do when we're human beings. Of course, I'm going to blame myself. It's because I love my kids so damn much. Of course, I'm going to blame myself. And then like, let it be okay and not just keep heaping it on over and over and over again. Like, I'm such a bad person. I like did it. I made so many wrong decisions and all of that stuff. It's like, yeah, you know, yes, you know, you, it's like, you can feel this way and be blaming yourself and love yourself at the same time and have nothing but love for your kid at the same time. It's like when they all can coexist and you just move through it. But if you're, it's when we resist or avoid it is when it lasts forever and ever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I will get this up. Um, 
shortly for everybody, but I have another call at six o'clock. So I'm going to have to let everybody go and I will talk to you next time. Thank you all for sharing. Thank you. Thank you.